Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello, I'm Princess Anne, and whenever I want to buy a classic car, I go to carandclassic.com. They've got over 35,000 cars and motorbikes for sale at any given time, either by advert or online auction. Personally, I've just picked up an Aeroshape Astro GTE. It's well wicked. I'm on my seventh. So, go to carandclassic.com or I'll set the horses on you. Smith & Sniff is sponsored by Car & Classic. A reliant what? Never heard of it. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and many other things. You know those statues on Easter Island with the very narrow heads? Yes. Well, uh, I was I went on a holiday with the children in, um, to Amsterdam um, during Easter, and yeah. not to Easter Island. But um, I, the reason why I'm saying this is because they have some very specialist cars over there, urban city cars. Which are very, very narrow. They're a one-person car. <laughs> oh. And they, can, they have diplomatic immunity, from what I can tell, because, you know, you know the Dutch, they're, they're very much... The cycling is the, the top of the, the food chain yeah. when it comes yeah, to yeah. Ve- vehicular transport. Mm. Well, these guys, these little car things that are probably aren't classed as cars, they're allowed to go anywhere where a bicycle can. And, and up until, I think, not that long ago, they were allowed to park on pavements anywhere in Amsterdam. So people were just oh. buying them because they could just do whatever they wanted to do in these one-seater... And I'm, they're called a biro or a biro, B-I-R-O. And I believe the older ones, because I, I, I couldn't take any photos because I was cycling most of the time. And if you've ever tried mm. to take a photo while you're cycling, it's dangerous and stupid, oh, and I didn't do it. Yeah. But I need to check, because I think they're called, the, the, the older ones are called the Biro Cantina LX. Or the, it just sounds totally made up, like it's from... Um, from Grand Theft Auto, like a pretend yes, car. Yes, it does sound like <laughs> <laughs> It's something. It's, it's, it's a, it says can't, but I, I can't. <laughs> it's on the back of the car. It's it's. Oh, it might be Canty. Is it the Canty LX? I'll I'll look it up. I, I should have prepped before we started. Um, before we started recording, because I just kept giggling every time I was cycling around. I kept pointing to them, to the kids, and they were sniggering. And one guy, one guy, came herring past us, an older guy in one of these B-Row, B-Row cars, and just was, should we say, um, if he'd had pace notes, it would have just said flat left, flat straight on, in fact, flat everywhere. And he was just getting <laughs> over quite, quite aggressive speed ramps flat out. And the thing doesn't really seem to have much suspension because, you know, in a car, you don't see any compression. You just see a sort of judger and a leap. 
That's what this was. And he was all over the shop in this thing. And then just pretty much handbrake turned it outside the railway station and got out and abandoned it. It's like a really shit scene from <laughs> Ronin. Literally just- <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> and because they're so narrow, you just can't take them seriously because you think they're going to blow over. Because we're obviously driving, riding around next to lots of canals and the rivers. And um, there is a bit of a lick of wind regularly. You've got to be careful in a narrow-sided car, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, I think... I can't remember the I name of that. I'm really annoyed I, that I can't remember the... There's a biro or a biro, but there's the, the really... Is it is no relation to biro as in the pen? I don't know. I don't think so, because it's got an accent over the O. Ah, okay. But I don't... So I, but I'd love it if it was, if biro, the pen people went, do you know what, no one buys biros anymore because everyone does shit on touchscreens. So let's just build a really narrow car instead. <laughs> but- <laughs> yeah, they won't come after us, they've got no money. Exactly. They, I mean, it's my theory that, they, in fact, they stopped production of biros about 30 or 40 years ago. There's just a finite number of biros in the world and they <laughs> passed around, which is why you can never find one when you need one. But everybody's got a drawer with about a 1,000 in them. It's just a fact of life that, you know, the biro is a, is a sort of is a finite resource. Oh, but, it is though, I mean, isn't it? We're both left-handers, aren't we? So I guess, are you, are you a biro enthusiast like I am? Oh, massive. with fountain pens. But I love a good biro. A good, a good biro with a tight delivery so that it doesn't splodge. Oh, I used to really, I still do it. If I get a free, in fact, I've got a, got a Porsche biro in my pocket right now. And I don't mind telling you. Um, if I go on a launch or an event, and you, or even a hotel actually, next to the bed in the hotel... And you, mm. you borrow a biro and it feels smooth and good. You take it. You go, yes. this one's a keeper. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, it just, if it feels right, then it probably is. And you, you just go with it. It's lovely. Yeah. I've just looked this up. It's called, there's two types of these very narrow cars. There's one that's older and looks, <laughs> looks much, much funnier. And then there's another one that's more <laughs> like a Citroen Ami. So the Citroen Ami looking thing is called a biro or a biro. But the one nice. I was telling you about that looks like something from the Incredibles cartoon is called a, a Canter LX, C-A-N-T, like Brian, with an A on the end. Oh, so okay. so C- Canter, it is manufactured in the Netherlands by a small yeah. company called Vahanberg, or W-A-A-I-J-E-N-B-E-R-G. And it's not electric, certainly not the ones oh, I've seen. Okay. No, I think they must be single-cylinder like, Yeah, yeah. Well, twin. they sound really similar to those little cars you get in uh, France. Yeah, I think they're... Uh, the Axiom, uh, uh, like Sons Permis cars. And you can drive them when you're a teenager. You can't be 15, I think, you can drive them and... That's right. I believe also, now this may not be enshrined in French law, but I believe that many French people believe that you can also drive them if you're pissed. I and think I know this because I once saw an incredibly drunk old man <laughs> trying to get into one <laughs> in a rural French village and eventually puttered off. And I was thinking, on the one hand, it's like, He's so clearly shit-faced because he's just come out of the cafe over there. Yeah. But, so I feel like, you know, I need to go, should we tell someone about this or stop him? Cause, and then he, he saw him drive off and he go, okay, that thing can do a maximum of 10 kilometres an hour. So I, I, I feel like, I'm sure he does this every night and it's fine. And we just watched him drive off through the village square and off into the distance. It's ridiculous. But, um, yeah, they are so, like the son's permits. You don't need a driver's licence. 
Um, right. You can legally drive them on bicycle paths and, according to the company, oh. through shopping centres. Although I what? have not <laughs> seen this. So but they're I've, a bit like a mobility scooter in that sense. Yes, but they have, they all, apparently, they all have a Honda engine of either 160 or 200cc, oh. which is mm. actually not shit. Um, so, and, yeah. and the Dutch versions reach speeds of up to 30 miles an hour, while a German electric model only goes half that speed. And the UK version, there isn't a UK version, is there? I'm reading what? this off. What evidently can go up to 70 kilometers an, idea, uh, uh, an hour? That seems way fast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that seems very and it says here um, at the um, the canter has only been manufactured since 1998. Well, to look at it, you'd think it was definitely um, built at least 15 years before that. Um, and it's and it said they only make a few thousand, I mean, a few hundred a year. They're actually more expensive than you realise. They're eleven thousand euros. What eleven? That the seems- ba- the basic model I mean- is the Canter LX. I was right. That yeah. only comes in red or white, and for an extra thousand euros on top of the eleven thousand eight hundred and fifty euros, you can choose the exclusive, which features the in inverted commas monster two hundred cc engine, <laughs> <laughs> and it also comes in silver or green. This is amazing, Brilliant. So if you see a silver or a green one, you know that 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 guy's balling. <laughs> Honestly, what I'm wondering though is when you said Honda engine, I was suddenly like. Ooh, I wonder if anyone's like Fireblade swapped one or something. Oh my gosh! I bet they, have. They, they just seem like if you so they they're not cheap for what they are, but they're immune to almost everything. I mean, you could drive as the crow would fly through Amsterdam, and as long as you don't hit water, yeah. you'd be absolutely fine. Yeah. And but you would hit water because it's Amsterdam. So it's, <laughs> it's, not, it's a very watery place. Yeah, it is, and it was, and it was <laughs> sweet, sweet place. I have to say, I had a wonderful time, and um, yeah. I, I, I was trying to encourage the kids to embrace the whole like cycling life in cities, and, it, mm. and it's perfect for that because you do cycle cycle paths everywhere. Bikes mm. get preferential treatment. You can lock them mm. up wherever you want. It's just very, very two wheel friendly. But of course, they the Dutch bikes are a very specific shape, and you do look like you're riding a steel swan. I've noticed that it's a very swan necky frame with the bars very high. We don't have bikes like this in the UK. We just wouldn't entertain it. No. But they've gone, well, we live in a flat country and we want good back posture and we want to be relaxed. We're, we're riding a bike not because <laughs> we put Lycra on, we're pretending to be Chris Boardman. We're doing this because we just want to get to work and not park a car. And so it's um, very logical. Did you wear a helmet when you rode these bikes? Mm. Well, I insisted on putting mm. lids on because I, 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 when I used to live in London and... I used to commute, commute off of a bicycle and that. I had a lot of incidents, and it's like, you can really hurt yourself at very low speed, mate. I didn't want to risk well, it. Well, I mean, because I, uh, I remember the last time I was in the Netherlands that it was conspicuous how few people did wear cycling helmets. And I yeah. think it's sort of, it's partly because, so, I suppose, people see less of a need because cycling first of all cyclists are kept separate a lot of the places because there's a really good network of cycle paths yeah and secondly because cycling is so sort of culturally ingrained as as a a part of the national psyche that there's less of this sort of stoked war between the motorists and the cyclists yeah and people are more respectful so and because the roads are properly designed for 
cycling and cars and not the sort of half-assed bit of contrast colour tarmac we do here that it's cycling is sort of certainly seen as less dangerous over there so people don't think they need to kind of helm it up so much no i think i probably look like a a, a tourist with the lid on um but it's fine it's that's a personal choice isn't it i guess it's like you know choosing to wear a mask on public transport still these days it's entirely up to you but i i um i really really enjoyed it i thought it was ace and also Mm. Um, there are free, and I, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm preaching to the converted here, people who already know exactly what goes on in Amsterdam. Because I, when I say to people I took my kids away for um, a holiday to Amsterdam, everyone just looks at me with a slightly tilted head and a raised eyebrow. It's like, no, I've got an 11-year-old and a 13-year-old. There was no whoring and weed, all right? Please, yeah. spare me. <laughs> spare me. There's a lot more to Amsterdam than that. Specifically... Free pedestrian and cycle ferries, which are brilliant. So they're ferries that go across the big parts of the rivers. Um, and you just cycle straight onto them. And within about a minute, they just up, the, the, the back lifts up, or the front lifts up, and then they just bugger off. <clears throat> and they're really quick and frequent. And I think they run into the middle of the night. And they're FOC. They're FOC the, as well. That's good. They, they are FOC. And I thought, well, good. This is for pedestrians and cyclists. It's to encourage people to get around even further on bikes. Oh, no. Because we saw an old guy in a Canter LX who just blitzed it straight onto there. <laughs> everyone, everyone moved oh to the God. side. Yeah. <laughs> so these things, these things get free ferry treatment as well. Basically, what we're dealing with here is a car that opens all of the doors. Yet it's one of the worst or most comical-looking machines you ever see. And in fact, if you had one in the UK and you left it anywhere near a town centre at night, it would be it would be pushed over. It absolutely would be like cow tipping. Yeah. Cow tipping, it's, 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 it's automotive <laughs> cow tipping, isn't it? Biro tipping, or Ooh. whatever you would call it. Yeah, Canter tipping. Well, I'll I'll um, share some pictures of the 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 Canter LX um, on for our patrons, but I mean, they are great. I'd love to drive one. In fact, you and I should probably drive around Amsterdam in one. I think it could be great. <laughs> I thought you said they're one. Oh, seat. actually, they're one seat. So we'll have to have, we'll have to have an intercom, and we'll just follow one another. Yeah. Can we'll we have, do? We'll have a pair of canters. Well, actually, tell you what, let's <laughs> you, do, we'll, we'll go. You, we'll go. Colours of the Dutch flag. Three. You can. We can get Tiff in the third one. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. Would it? But be don't like, make him go at the back. Can you imagine how much rubbing they'll go on because because he wants to get by? He'll end up just nerfing you into a canal. Oh, Tiff would use you as the clutch bite point at a junction and just n- nudge you out. <laughs> he will. He will. He's that guy. Hi, Tiff. <laughs> It was good to speak to him well, the other day and see him. So you went to you went to Amsterdam with your kids, but then you also went separately. You went to the Netherlands to go and drive that Integrale that's up on the Late Break Show now. True. What I did is I was I, I was I was going on that job, um, and went over to was invited over to I don't know about an hour and a half outside Amsterdam to this company called Maturo Cars, and they prep rally and build rally cars. Um, and then they've gone into in the last few years, exclu- really exclusively building and repairing and restoring Lancia Delta Integrales, and the, and it's amazing. It, the, the the whole outfit's just stunning. They really are obsessed with the car. And I I took a shining to this thing, and we've been discussing it. And they said, "Well, come over and drive it. We'd love you to do a video on it." And um, it's like a very it is. It's just, imagine Singer 
doing an integrale. It's probably the quickest way to, to get your head around the level that we're talking. And they've reimagined the car, but not with a different engine. So it's it's not like it is more powerful, but it's the same block and it's the same actual turbo outer casing. Um, mm. But they've gone to town on improving the transmission, really gone to town on things like the suspension. Mm. It, and it drives so well. And it's built beautifully, just beautifully. And your observation in the video that the gear lever reminds you of a Lego piece, I realise exactly what you meant. It's the aerial, isn't it? There's a little aerial you can put on Lego stuff. That's it. And it does look We have just a lot of them. Oh, do you? Well, you, you should... Well, because if- my boy's really into Lego Star Wars, and they always come with little antenna, which are actually that piece, that little black... Yeah. Uh, aerial that can flick side to side um yeah it looks exactly like that it really <laughs> does all thin <laughs> it's a wand isn't it with a little bubble on top it's a f- yeah. funny looking one and the strata the fit strata our bath has the same or very similar lever and it is just so devoid oh. of any ergonomic attention it just you'd, it's just a big wand but it's pleasant i don't know why i just, just kind of like it now that's piqued my interest because uh, I'm just going on to car and Klissig and because uh, I wondered if there are any Strada R baths for sale at the moment because that's a rare car. That I is mean, a rare car. People, people look after them, I suppose. Well, they increasingly so because they're increasingly valuable. But um, well, they've done that thing know. where they've they were they were always quite a difficult car to to, to live with and look after. Oh, hello. What, have you found one? Oh, look at this. What? 1987 Fiat Strada Arbath 130TC. Oh, it's the one. Uh, so it's an 87. It's in Manchester. What? Uh, it's uh, it's a left hooker, I think. It's on UK plates. But he says, the, the ad says, uh, I imported it myself from Italy in 2016. Dry stored since. Registered in the UK this year. Absolutely original example. Never been welded. Never will need welding if stored correctly. Bold claim. Gosh. Uh, 61,000 kilometres from new... Uh, zero corrosion interior unmarked wheels recently refurbed on new Pirelli tires. Nice starts on the button. Beautiful engine, bloody blah. Sweet, intake sweet sucking through twin Delotto carbs. Looks and drives like no other hot hatch of the nineties. It's from the eight, okay. Uh, <laughs> true thinking man's driver's car and very rare has to be seen to be appreciated. Then I love this when when uh, car sellers get a little bit aggressive. He yes. signs off with, find another. Yes, I love that. I've done that before. With three exclamation marks. Ooh. If you find another one, I will fight you. <laughs> it's, the driving, it's, it's the driving man's thinking car, this is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that means. Yeah. It's like a Golf GTI that's not for pricks. Yeah. Um, so, guess how much well, this very, very tidy left-hand drive Strada. I bet it's gorgeous because that's the Ritmo isn't it, if, it in is. foreign countries. It's a Ritmo. I just saw it on the back. It is badged as a Ritmo because it's this Italian market car. That's right. Italian market. Oh, I mean that's it's a very specialist market for that car in Britain because most people yeah. have forgotten about it sadly. Exactly. I did actually. Well, f- I remind you again Johnny find another. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to th- I will break into your house and shit in your bed. <laughs> right. I'm I, just browsing. So, so because I'm just thinking here, if that was a Peugeot 205 of that calibre, mm. that would be mm. a lot of money, or a Renault 5 Turbo, or a... Well, yeah, but I mean, there's... Well, 5 Turbo's probably closer, because I think 205 GTIs are still a lot around. 5 Turbo's a bit more of a rarity, but this, I think, yeah. would probably be even more rare. Can I that. say, I'm going to say, I can't imagine he'd let it go for less than... <sighs> 15? 
Ooh, he's got it up for 20. Has he? Salty. Punchy. That is salty. Is. Actually, don't yeah, say the word salt and mention our bath in the yeah, same way. Don't you dare. There's no corrosion on it. If you find corrosion, I will smash you with an adjustable spanner. <laughs> um, the, I wouldn't mess with this guy. <laughs> Good of control. That's the, the only Strada slash Ritmo on car and Clissic at the moment. So I'm just going to search 130TC in case there's any others lurking. Oh, there is. Oh. Bloody hell. Oh. So if you don't search Strada... There's one here. Bloody hell. What? There's one in Italy here. This is an 83. Yeah. On those lovely sort of four-spoke wheels that look a bit like... Oh, I know the ones. In their sort of curvature. They look a bit like those five-spoke starfish wheels you get on Jag XJSs and things. They're, they're a lovely wheel. Yeah, they are a great wheel. Um, they're an bath wheel, aren't they? Yeah. So this, again, it looks absolutely tidy AF. It's in Italy. Um I can't read the description because it's in Italian, but that's okay. I'll just just accept that one of these words is the Italian for tidy. Or, and or find another, uh, you bastard. Yes. <laughs> Hang on, I'm looking for the exclamation marks, which will denote where the seller has got a bit punchy about... <laughs> find another, you fucker. Um, Through this one's up to €26,000. What? Yeah, and then there's another one that's POA. In fact, there's two that are POA. That are also in Italy. So actually, these things—they've caught. They have. They have caught. And I, I did a, I did a car cave. I think it was last year on a chap with a lot of cars. Um, but yeah. they were. He loved his Italian hot hatchery, and mm. um, he had a a Delta Integrale Evo. But he said, uh, and although that was one of his prized cars, he had a really immaculate R Bath uh, 130TC that he's had a lot, a lot of years. He's restored it, and he said it's the best. Mm. It's the best hot hatch of that time. He said, "You've got to drive one." Because I, I said I've never driven one. He said, "Come back and drive it because I've driven loads." He had, he had, he had five turbos, two o fives of both derivatives. He mm. had. Um, all sorts of things, you know, uh, Chicocento Sportings. He had a really great selection of motors, but he was convinced that the Strada Arbath was it. It was it. Yeah, that's interesting. Do, do, do um, any listeners have one or I have one? Because the thing is, they did dissolve like Alka-Seltzer's, sadly, which is why yeah, there's not there's, many around. I've just gone onto eBay and there's one here. Actually, it's one of those mysterious adverts where I think they might just be selling the engine. Yeah, they're just selling the engine because the car... There's a picture of the car. I bought it as a rolling shell for panels and spares, and the engine came with it. Poor thing. Um, 750 quid for the engine. The car looks absolutely shagged. Well, it's a parts car, so fair enough. Can I just say, on the note of small Italian hot hatchbacks, how much I'm absolutely in love with my Panda at the moment? Because um, You can say I've that. Sources. I've had bits done to it. So the wheel bearing fix, so it doesn't rumble when you drive, and that's immediately a plus. Because I hate that kind of thing where you know there's something wrong with the car. You can't fully enjoy it. I'm like that um, with my element at the moment. Oh, yeah. Anti-roll bar bush. It's clonky clonky when you certain steering angles uh, and certain suspension movements. Yeah. And it makes me grip my teeth for a long journey. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, I've got a clonky clonky with the Panda that does need to be looked at. I think it's the strut top bearing on one side. So that's slightly, that has just taken the edge off, but it only happens at low speed. Um, <laughs> so then, so I had, the bear, I had the wheel bearing done and I had uh, some new tyres. Um, oh. From your mates at Black Circles, I got some new tyres put on it and I decided to go OEM because I'm a bit of a stickler for that. So that was a bit punchy price wise. Oh, did, did but you? Now, 
Did you? What, yeah. What, what is well, the OEM because, rubber for that vehicle? Uh, the vehicle. <laughs> the Goodyear Eagle F1s. Is it? So, yeah. Yeah. But they are great. And it's suddenly got, it's got loads of grip, but you can totally trust the grip now because before the tyres were just a bit old. Yeah. They were, um, were they falcons on it? And they were just a bit old. They weren't totally worn out, but they were just kind of, you know, they got a bit... Kind of Goodyear Eagle F1s. So, yeah. I think the um, the Ford GT came on those. When it I mean, I think they're probably considered a bit um, out of date. The ones that you know, there's there's kind of there are stickier tyres. Yeah, and they're. I mean, you look at them; they are. They're sort of. They look quite retro in a way because I. They're, they're, they're directional. They're very sort of. You know, the the tread pattern is very nineties. Um, 90s is it, is it, is it, yeah. is it 90s tread pattern i think that's so, great. yeah i walk up to the car and from the back you go my god those are very retro tires which is odd but yeah i don't think modern high performance tires don't look like that and uh, anyway but i had those on so it grips now and i had to I had to do a couple of long journeys in it um and uh, including up into the cotswolds where i was i was suddenly i pulled out this junction i was like i know this road but i don't think i've been here before it's only bloody harry's out of harry's garage test road oh really you know that that always has the shots of him accelerating across the junction at the top of his road test yes. videos and then there's a bit where he does a sort of swoopy uppy downy thing yeah it was there i realized i was coming out of that junction but the other way and then and then i was on that road so um is the junction it, sponsored you know, like, it you know, like was actually, yeah, I had to pay 90 quid to drive through it because Harry's somehow done a deal with the people who own the roads. Oh, it's, um, it's a toll yeah, anyway, road. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is the Harry, the Harry Metcalf Highway. Um, so, yeah, anyway, no, I just want to say, I'm absolutely, I, this is probably going to, you know, be the prelude to it doing something horrific like catching fire or snapping its cam belt, but um, the panda is going beautifully and i bloody love it and just little italian cars because it's like i heard matt Pryor on the autocar podcast talking about his hillman imp and i remembered when i drove a hillman imp for the first time it was with the owner and he bollocked me for changing up too early that's right yes and, and i kept forgetting and then i'd be sort of you know on a main road accelerating up through the gears and he'd be like don't no and almost like slapping my hand off the gear lever rev it you've got to rev it and the panda's a bit like that you get the good stuff if you just hold on to the revs and let it climb because it revs to like seven thousand. So it's and it really starts to get its head of steam, relatively speaking, after four. So you've got to wring its little neck, yeah. And it just you get the sense that it's that's what it's built for. It wants you to do that, and it's when you when you get your eye in with it, it's such a joy. I'm so happy with it, and it's not very fast. I mean, it's. You know, I was behind a VW, um, what are they called, those pickups? Amarox. Amarox, yeah. I was behind a VW Amarok. I always think of a Thor. It's, it's a it's a it's a it's a Thor film, isn't it? I always thought. Yes. <laughs> or something in one of those old Batman shows where Batman does something really weird to somebody with an anvil and it just flashes up, Amarok! <laughs> <laughs> but I was behind one of those. Obviously a local knows the road. And... It was like, I was like, because I'd overtaken a couple of things, but you have to do have to kind of plan an overtake. And, and I was like, I might go past this guy. And I was like, no, I'm not going past this guy. There's no way I'm getting past this guy, even in a pickup truck, because he knows the road. He's on it. I'll be, I'll, he'll just hang me out to dry. I haven't got enough power to do a decisive overtaking manoeuvre, but that's fine. We were sort of just zipping along. It was all good. And then I had to go on the motorway. 
And the weird thing is, I mean, it's not exactly, you know, an S-class. No. I just wanted to get home. I got on the M4, and then it just it whooshed up to kind of motorway speeds. And now that it's been kind of sorted out a little bit more, it will just sit on the motorway. And I've put in an aux cable so I can listen to music off my phone, and so I was just listening to music. You can just about hear things. It's fine. It's not as horrifically noisy. And off it went, and I just got home, and I just went, what a great little car. I I, anyway, I know, ex- and, I, and I know they exactly as you said. Some cars need to be rinsed a little bit, and the Imp, which mm. is still a car that I will own at some point, I really need. I need. A, I want you to own an Imp. I want a warmed I over Imp because I follow a guy yeah. on Instagram called James Ibbotson who races a historic Imp, and oh, um, you just look at some of his Instagram reels, and he's just drifting it for about I don't know fifteen seconds. <laughs> in the middle of a track event really? yeah like it's it just it just looks so much fun and i've heard yeah. i've heard that assorted imp is just so good and i'm yeah. i know it's i know it's slightly um uh, con- controversial but i'm not really a mini guy i appreciate minis are great but i would always have an imp over a mini always so i just well, want i just want a hot imp oh hot imp yeah. i i sort of feel that the Imp is one of those cars that has, over the last sort of 50, 60 years, people have sorted them out they've, in ways that the manufacturer couldn't. Oh, they've totally so sorted them. So an Imp them. now can be the best it's ever been. Oh, hell yeah. You, people put them... In a really meaningful way. People put the um, put a BMW motorcycle engine in them. Apparently they're pretty quick. Um, oh. Like a flat twin. You know, a boxer. Yeah. But yeah, there's something something very good about that. And weirdly, I, I've I've ha- I've got my Beetle out of hibernation in the last sort of oh. forty eight hours, and and that engine is again low compression and the gas flow on it on uh, for the induction and everything is is intentionally bad because it was built so that you could what? just drive it flat out everywhere. Oh, and it, and it wouldn't stress things too much. So it's not a free breathing engine, really. But in, as such, you have to rev it through the gears in order for it to proceed. And it yeah. it goes against sometimes you you go you kind of want to nurse it, but you can't really nurse it. Um, no, I love it. I do love it, Richard. Past that that inherent mechanical sympathy that I we have. Yeah, I think it's true. You have to sort of push through it. Yeah, push through it, and then you go. Oh, actually. The car seems happy, and if the car's happy, I'm happy, so we're all good here. But yeah, um, anyway, um, since we're sort of talking about cars. Well, it's a shame, isn't it? Um, we, this must end. I know, I'm sorry, I apologise. We'll, we'll inevitably talk about how, you know, someone found a poo in a sock in a minute. But um, <laughs> the uh, I want to talk about this announcement that was made last Wednesday by Jaguar Land Rover, who are not Jaguar Land Rover anymore. They're JLR. Oh yes, they they want to uh, try and what they yeah. What do they want to do, Richard? Well, it's a good question, isn't it? There's a various bits of this announcement. I mean, it was sort of it was quite. It seemed like it didn't tell us an awful lot, but at the same time, there was a lot to lot to pick the bones out of. And um, I suppose the thing that has been then caused a, a right old kerfuffle was this perception they were binning off Land Rover. Well, that's, so, yeah, that was never going to happen, was it? Well, it's not going to happen. And I was a bit disappointed with some of our colleagues in the world of car journalism. They all got a bit papping their knickers without actually making a fucking phone call 
to someone at, for example, Land Rover, who could give them... I mean, you know, it's fair, the, the comms didn't make it absolutely clear. It allowed people to infer things. But, you know, that's, that's why we have email and messages and phones, so you can check. That's part of what being a journalist is. So the, as I understand it now, having actually talked to the PR, the, they're not binning off Land Rover. The Land Rover badge will still be on the cars and on the dealerships. But what they're kind of trying to do, which they've sort of done before, because they've talked about how Range Rover is a family and then Discovery and Defender are separate sort of entities. Because if you say to somebody, what do you drive? Nobody says, oh, I've got a Land Rover Range Rover. You sound like a lunatic. And in fact, I took my That's boy true. and some of his friends trampolining the other week and in our Range Rover. And one of his mates went is this a Land Rover? And I said, well, yeah, it's a Range Rover. And he was like, oh, so it's not a Land Rover. And I said, no, it's made by Land Rover, but it's a Range Rover. <laughs> and he went, so it is a Land Rover. And I went, it's, so the company's Land Rover. And we had this quite long conversation where it's like... It's a valid said, went, point. This is quite confusing, isn't it? It's a valid point. So you could see why Range Rover is, you know, people people just call them Range Rovers, or in the US, Rovers. So, yeah. and equally... It's funny because if I had a new Defender, someone would go, what are you driving? go, I've got a Defender. And you wouldn't have to explain yourself. But I always refer to my old school Defender as my old Land Rover. I don't know why. I think because the Defender, the old school Defender, looks like everybody's mental image of a Land Rover. So That's right. Sort of, for non-car people, you're just you know, not having to explain yourself. But yeah, they're not binning off the Land Rover brand at all. What they're doing is just trying to push the sort of subcategories a bit more and the understanding that nobody says Land Rover Range Rover. So they, they'll, I guess, you know, in the adverts, the Land Rover badge will just be small in the corner, which is pretty much what it's been for ages anyway. Mm. And, you know, it's not, it's not complicated. It's just sort of in the same way that... It's the way I was trying to explain to my, my son's mate. It's like... You say you've got a Switch. You don't say Nintendo Switch, but Nintendo's the company that makes it. But that's okay. You know, Switch is sort of just what you call it. And so, and I think he sort of understood that. It's a bit like the Henry vacuum cleaner. You've got a Henry. You don't say, I've got a pneumatic Henry. Yeah. I had to think for a minute. Or pneumatic international Henry. (laughs) I mean, you know, so many companies would rub sand in their own eyes to have brand names that are powerful enough to... It's like being a pop star and only needing to use your first name, like Elvis or Kylie or... Madonna. Someone. I was talking about Madonna to a friend the other night, just explaining how sad it is that no one's going to really know what she looks like as an old woman. Because because she's... Unfortunately, she looks like one of those... One of those pretend realistic dolls that men have relationships with who are very strange. Yeah, Yeah. I think we'll probably leave that there. (laughs) (laughs) the ones that have to be hooked out of a bed with an engine crane and then moved into the kitchen and then dressed i've watched a documentary about it once it was extremely strange Uh, yeah well i was sometimes madonna looks a little bit do you know the terry gilliam film brazil it's a fabulous film i don't um, don't, know these heavily facelifted old women in that and it's a bit there's a real well it's there's a scene with a coffin that, if you've seen the movie, you might remember. If you haven't, I won't describe it. It's revolting, but it's, it's yeah, it's all about sort of excessive cosmetic surgery. Um, that's not the point of the film, but it's just a little sub-bit in it. Um, so, yeah, talking of sub-bits, so this is the thing, I checked with Land Rover, and it's like, this is, they're, they're trying to make a point that, you know, if someone wants a Defender, they would probably just go online and Google Defender 
and hope that it came up. Yeah. So they're trying to sort of play to that, but they're not binning Land Rover or pulling the badges off the dealership or anything like that. It's just like it, uh, Land Rover is still the overarching umbrella that sits over three of the four sub-brands that they're trying to push. I mean, they are using some wanky language, which seems to come uh, from the mouth of Jerry McGovern because he's talking about a house of brands, which to me makes it sound like a department store, but, you know. House of Fraser, yeah. Well, so anyway, so so the big the news. The PR guy just pointed out. He went, "Why would we bin off Land Rover when we have spent so many years fighting tooth and nail to protect it?" And he pointed out that they're the only automotive company to take a Chinese car company to court and win, which they did with Landwind. Oh, really? Over the Evoque. So he's like, you know, we don't muck around. We are trying to protect our stuff, and that includes Land Rover. So, yeah, they're not giving it up. He he referred to it as too iconic. Well, so, it is uh, true. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it means... I think everybody just needs to stop getting their panties in a twist about this because it's, it's not happening. I think the good news is, is that they're not getting rid of Jaguar, which is always a concern. This is the other thing, because yeah. it was like I had this feeling once old Terry Bellaro disappeared from the top job at, at GLR, um, as I, it seemed like the Jag plan was his baby, and I thought... This might be the excuse. Did we mention this, I think, on the podcast before? It might be the excuse to just go, this is all very expensive and we can make enough money just focusing on Range Rovers and Defenders and things. Let's quietly shuffle Jag off into a retirement home. Yeah. But no. And I'd heard on the grapevine that there were these new Jags coming and they were all crossovers or SUVs. But no, the first one is going to be a four-door GT and that really is a much more interesting prospect. It is, isn't it? And still built in off of England and all that. Built out of off of England. And all that, yeah. Solihull. Solihull, yeah, yeah. Solihull, which is... I do worry about the Castle Bromwich factory. They've said explicitly it's not closing. It's going to... They're going to do more metal stamping there, so it'll become a kind of body in white or a panel stamping plant. But it's a... It's a bigger factory than that it used to assemble cars i mean it still does at the moment because they make the f-types there and um xfs and xes but so um yeah i don't know i think they're probably i could imagine they might sell off some chunks of that because it's probably prime housing land but it's the whole factory isn't closing down for now but the electric jag will be made in um in solely hull instead so yeah i don't know i mean does seem odd doesn't it when they binned off the electric XJ, the the new one that we'll never see. The, Which you, was going to be made in Castle Brom, he, and they had invested a load of money in that factory to build it. So, yeah, yeah it's a bit of... that is a bit odd. Is that a, a U-turn decision slightly with... Who knows? We'll find out. Know. And then the, the gossip from, I think it was Autocar last week, was that the Velar will be twinned with the Evoque and the Discovery Sport in future. They'll all be EVs. Spult. Do I found myself... be made up at Halewood. I found myself driving the other day... Well, you were there, because we were there, um, at Goodwood, driving Mm. Electro Bentleys, and I kept pressing the S button on the top of the gear shifter of the... Uh, of yes. that Arnage, which puts it into sport mode, and it bings up like because the screen is very late nineties. Yeah. It looks like a Game very Boy, which just said yeah. sport, sport, sport. And I just kept pressing it and saying to myself, because I was hungover on my own in a car, sport, sport, yeah. sport. <laughs> I always sort of had rubbish Tourette's while I was just sat well, in traffic. 
but I kept pressing that button because that Arnage to unlock the gear selector, it took me a moment to figure it out. You oh, lift it up. You have to lift it, yes. But your instinctive thing, I thought, was to push the button on top. Of course. Because that looked like the thing that unlocked it. But that is the spout button instead. And then Spoiler. pushing it down to nothing. Yeah. So we – well, we should talk about this because we um, – we went to Goodwood. We were going to record a podcast there, and then we ran out of time, and so we didn't, which is why we didn't talk about last week. But we went to the members' meeting as guests of Bentley, and they brought a load of lovely things out of their heritage collection. And we drove and, uh, them in a convoy, and it was wonderful. I drove a Brooklands to Goodwood uh, from our hotel about 10 miles away and then I drove the Arnage back and, and you did vice versa I did I did and it was really enjoyable that Brooklyn's was lovely oh my gosh that Brooklyn's oh. if anyone uh, if you've forgotten that Bentley actually launched this car I'm sure in the UK recession as was mm. about 2008 yeah. yeah and it was a very expensive two-door um, car it was, it was I don't know 270 grand or something Something like it that. It was yeah. it was big money, big, but it's a big damn car, and mm. it, it's. I still think it looks incredibly handsome. It looks like it's been, it looks like it's been um, made by a stonemason. That's what I thought, and it's been chiselled out of like what you know the sort of mm. like um, grave monument marble. It just looks yeah. so strong. But anyway, yes. and, and and it's still the, the 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 build quality inside is to die for. But I know you were the first person to drive that car on the road because it's a delivery mileage car. Yeah, they took the the last Brooklands that they made. They just kept for themselves, but then they tucked it away. And there's something that they're, they're very proud of this, and rightly so. That Bentley decided they'll have this heritage fleet of cars. It's forty five cars. It's thereabouts, and they will all be ready to go at a moment's notice so they're all drivable they're all road registered and they'll all be kept in in fully running you know, full jay leno style sort of you know keep everything absolutely ready to go on the key yeah and because in times gone by apparently they had a heritage fleet that was just stashed in a, a warehouse somewhere and it had all been allowed to get into a bit of a state and did you hear um the the, the comms boss saying that he basically he sort of slightly tricked the boss of the company into coming to this warehouse under false pretenses so he could see for himself what the heritage fleet looked like as a way of getting him to sign off the budget to get it all I, back into roadworthy condition i didn't know that but what a great idea what to say look at these yeah, sad creatures like, I, yeah well see, he said he's like i think the gist was you know i could tell him and he'll go yes yes that's fine well you know take it out of your budget if i show him he'll be so incensed that you know everything's a bit dusty and crap that he'll sign the check there and then which is sort of what happened except that people sign checks anymore and so they now have this fully running fleet but the brooklands because they decided one of the things is everything should be available to be driven on the road yeah the brooklands had never been registered so it was registered on the wednesday and we got to drive it on the saturday and so i was the first person to drive it on the road so the first guy ever. to drive it on the road was you with a hangover yes because we'd been in the hotel the night before getting a bit drinky we had and, um but it was magnificent that car it's a good hangover car because it's so soothing and relaxing and gentle but but then it as you discovered then i was like oh my god what what an in enormous privilege yeah. and responsibility to be the first person to take this car on the road yes and then on the way back to the hotel yes 
I gave the keys to you, and at one point I looked in the mirror and you were doing a one-wheel peel out of a junction in it, making an enormous smokescreen across Sussex. You absolute flaughter. Uh, do you know what? I, I, that has got it's such a, a, a swell of talk. It's just great. Mm. I may have had it in spokes mode, and I may have Spout. turned off the ESP just to see. But I, I have to say that the, what, the other thing I love, I do think a pillarless coupe... This one didn't have a sunroof, mm. and you probably can't option it. But I say this because having got the Dodge out recently, the Charger, it's like there's something so special about a pillarless coupe. And if you can get a pillarless coupe with an opening sunroof, I think it's better than a convertible. There's something special in this country. I didn't realise. I sort of hadn't been paying attention. I was just. I mean, you'll, you'll be disgusted, but I was just sitting there with the aircon on. Oh, Richard, on the way into Goodwood, and then oh, I realised. Well, actually, my passenger. I was in the car with somebody else. My passenger realised there's a there's an a button that does all four windows yes at once and he put all four windows down it was a lovely sunny morning and we just sat there queuing into the circuit with our arms on the sills and it was just like it does it makes the world feel a better place when you've got all the windows down on uh, the arm on coupe. arm on the top of the door with a pillarless coupe mm. it's something special it I is kind of wished i had a slender cigar on the go because it would have suited the mood oh that would have somehow. been good wouldn't it or you had, you know, some people but, um, wear a watch, uh, an expensive watch, but the bracelet is just one link too slack. Yes, and it's and you think yeah. that if they point at something quickly, it's the watch is going to fly gonna, off. I'm always a bit nervous. You know, it's a bit too slack for me. I, 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 a, a, a rattly older wealthy man is a is a common sight. I think just just get it adjusted. Yeah, but I think it's a look, isn't it? There's, I'd worry about scratching my door tops though. Me too. Scratching my paint on the outside, but especially that damn anyway. Brooklands because it was flawless. Um, yeah. Now, but then the Arnage in the disgraced seventies DJ spot, <laughs> a red Arnage red label. <laughs> that was delightful as well. Do you know what was weird, though? I was driving that Arnage, and I suddenly thought, it reminds me of something. And what it reminded me of, weirdly, was my Range Rover. Okay. Obviously, it's lower. Yes. But there's a definite definite overlap in, in vibe, in personality, because it sort of feels big and heavy, but very relaxing, very talky, big steering wheel. Yes. Quite sort of light-ish, not very quick steering. And it just sort of it just pads down the road, feeling big and heavy. They're probably worth about the really same amount of money, to... aren't they? Yeah, probably. Because <laughs> yes. the Arnage is have a little look at Arnage's. Is that the sort of cheapest? Is that the cheapest Bentley at the moment, or the or the cheapest modern Bentley? Should we say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you probably get some ratty T twos, can't you? For similar money, but no, I did have a little look at Arnage's. You've got to be careful because you want one with the proper. 6.75 V8 a day a day none of that BMWs no yeah, well, I want I want the Arnage T really because that's a smoke machine old yeah. um, well there's one here for 15 grand Johnny 15 15 well that's I think that's a guide price it's going through um, an auction but it's a grey one with the with the updated front end which I always rather like oh gosh and, 15 um, thou the estimate yeah 49,000 oh. miles and uh, estimate is 15 to 20 so yeah oh. that is kind of it's a perf- I mean, perfect school run car. It's a lot car. of car, isn't it? It is a lot of they car. Are great. I think they've oh, aged well, hell. actually. Yes, yes, they have. I think they've aged very. So I do like the Brooklands, and I did like, I did enjoy getting back into because that's the first brand new Bentley I ever drove was the Arnage, the late nineties. Well, well, it would have been like two thousand and one Arnage, 
was yeah. was the first Bentley I ever had the joy of getting behind the wheel of when it was new. So it, pro- mm. it probably transported me back to a time when I had different facial hair and <laughs> spiky hair. <laughs> and Blink-182 Blink hair. <laughs> do you know, I've been getting trolled on Instagram for that. And it's like, do you know what? Oh, what? It was a moment in time. I'm fine with <laughs> it. You guys need to Oh, you're being trolled it. for your hair? I thought you meant you're being trolled for saying that Blink-182 are better than Green Day. Oh, no, that's a fact. But um, <laughs> <laughs> are you selling a Strada 130TC as well? Because you're getting very punchy about things that don't find, require. Find it. another, yeah, exactly. Find another. Oh uh, man, yes. sorry, I was, I'm on. I'm on Carly Clisic, and I'm just look. There's a 2000 Bentley Arnage red label. It's almost identical to the one that we drove because it's red. Yes, cream leather interior with a red dash top. It's a 2000 car, but it's up for 31 and a half, which seems quite punchy. But it's only got 23,000 miles on it. And. Yeah, that's not a lot. I just scrolled down the advert. The condition of this car is not far off new. A credit to its last deceased owner. <laughs> oh, so is that much. what it's it says? Deceased spec Arnage. Oh, wow. Fill your boots, my friend. Gosh, I, hell, it's right. The, I mean, it does look new. The way that was worded was delightful. I know. Credit to its <laughs> previous deceased <laughs> owner. Is that what it says? I wonder if this dealership listens to this podcast because there's no need for the word deceased in there. You could have said no. a credit to its last owner who looked after it so well. There's no need for deceased, and yet somehow that makes it <laughs> I love that. weirdly <laughs> more interesting. That's I love that. Wow. I love that. Randall and Hopkirk and Arnage deceased. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, just Arnage by a deceased. I've just noticed something which I didn't spot in the one that we drove. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention. On the rear pillar, on the on the D pillar on the Pillow. inside, uh, yeah. Did you notice that it got those? I did because I was so dirtily hung over at one point. I thought about <laughs> pulling over into a layby and having a, a quick sort of, you know what I mean, sort of a quick sort of Japanese commuter train sleep in between stops. I thought I might do that. I remember I've sat in the back of one of those, and I remember the head pillow is very very quilty, um, yeah, like it like it. an S class Mercedes headrest which is still yes. one of my favourite headrests of all time, which just makes me sound like a right old car bore. But um, um, there's another special. Arnage here. I've got to stop browsing Arnage's, but they're so nice. You are. Uh, you're a red label, 2001. It's a, it's a sort of dark silver or a grey. That's a, a, I mean, sh- is the steering too heavy to palm in that, or can you properly, like, Kim Palm Dash in on I think you... I didn't really try it. It is a bit heavy because I can say my Range Rover is a is a Robert Palmer of a car, par excellence, <laughs> and I don't know that the Bentley is quite that, but it's certainly. I reckon you could give it a go. What's that really uh, expensive hotel in, this one. in Dubai? Is it called the Palm? It is, isn't oh, it? That sort of pretend. <laughs> it's a whole thing, isn't it? It's, oh, it's a like man-made a, island it's series of dredged. artificial islands. The the Palm of all sort of reclaimed dredged sand. So just, ra- ra- yeah, just just basically offshoring influences a little bit. Yeah, so they well, can do their ghastly stuff. Well, I expect there should be a. Imagine palming around the palm. There's loads of tight corners, <laughs> and and because there's a bit of sand blowing onto the roads, it would be a bit skitty Ooh, and understeery at best. You could, yeah, you could have a real understeer moment that you. But the, the rules are you have to correct it only using the palm. So oh, it's gonna, you're going to be quite busy. <laughs> going to want a quick a steering box, disco my friend. Dancing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, one of the other things I liked about those Bentleys is that the um, the mirror adjusters 
were like separate left and right have their own little joystick yes they did it's just just delightful you know the they're lovely cars i think that the i was enjoying in the in the arnage the the sat nav which in the late 90s you know sat nav baked into a car was a fairly new deal and yes. um, it was, I think it was Alpine, and you pressed the button above your head, and it and it rose out of the dashboard, on its mm. uh, because it was sort of colour coded leather stitched back, so it was all concealed. And you remember back then when cars had sat nav, and this happened for a good mm. few years. Companies made an effort to to make them discreet, so if you didn't want them in your face, you could get rid. And now we've yeah. gone, now we've gone full sort of sat nav codpiece, haven't we? Yeah. Where also, it's one of those things that makes those Bentleys feel timeless. Is that you're not confronted by a screen that is really small by modern standards. Yes, because it's the thing that really dates cars now, isn't it? A little screen, the tiny screens, but because they just don't, the screen is not visible. No, you don't immediately go, oh god, this is a twenty odd year old car. You just, it's a bit more just sort of, oh, it's a it's a bentley it's got wood and lots of dials and things they exist in their own space I but also they, they have so those lovely little you can kind of i reckon you could probably update it without anyone knowing because it's hidden a bit mm. whereas big overtly stuck on infotainment screens are going to date hideously yeah well i like the fact as well that they had little uh leather pouch on the transmission tunnel for your alpine sat nav remote oh yeah that's right. I forgot about that. The sat nav remote. That was really a cool. Little, a little remote cod piece that just sat on the trans tunnel, so you could just pop it uh, in there, so it doesn't get lost or broken. The Arnage is. Um, the, 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 it, it's still the the organ um, stops for the the ventilation yeah. and the big chrome, very heavy metal um, eyeballs um, mm. for the events. They are they still very special. But look, we we got to Goodwood. And we're in Goodwood, and there's obviously racing, uh, historic racing and stuff, mm. which we didn't, I know we didn't see enough of. But I've written down in so my, we, in my notes. So neither of us had been to the members' meeting before, had we? So uh, this I've, is a, I've been. For, oh, have I've you? been oh, sorry, twice. Yeah, thought, I've been twice. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You're about the only person I talked to who'd been before. I, I spent a lot of time talking to people going, have you been to this before? No, I mean, it's good. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. So it's, it's sort of like Revival, but without the dressing up. Yeah. You like, did you see that guy as we were leaving who had dressed up as basically like looked like a German submarine commander? Oh gosh, he, he was quite sinister. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's not that kind of thing. It's like it's, it's a nice little mashup of um revival and, he and looked, uh, he, speed. He looked like um if if you'd thrown a bit of talc on his face, he looked like a baddie <laughs> from Scooby Doo. There was always a sort of strange, <laughs> ghostly soldier. Have you noticed? There was, wasn't there? Yeah. And that's him. That was bloody him walking through the pits. He was marching, actually, marching through the pits. Uh, it was quite sinister. But I've written down, because I know the thing about the members' meeting is is it's not just pre-1965 or whatever the revival is. So you've got the 70s Capris, Triumph Dolomites, yes. Rover SD1s, mm. 70s Camaros. I, I really like that. We've talked about this before. I really like that era, the, the mid to late seventies kind of touring car stuff. It's cool and quick. Some real quick cars. But um, yeah. I, it got me thinking while we were watching some of that and enjoying the fact that the sun had come out. Um, I thought I know what Goodwood. I know what Goodwood um, road racing is is missing. There's two separate um, races that are missing here that we could 
we could we, we could pitch to them. One of them is the Goodwood cardboard over the radiator race. You know, we're talking <laughs> winter driving. Uh, in the old days, people used to put a piece of cardboard either partially or completely over the front of the radiator. Yes. So I think there should be a race, and it, so it's it's a very tactical race. And you have to decide how much cardboard to put in on the start line <laughs> because you, there has to be a certain amount that's mandatory. And do you, I mean, it, do you not feel that the cardboard is would quickly become superfluous under race conditions when the engine would be running very hot? Of course, um, but okay, you, but of this course, is part of the skill of judging. It's the skill you have to either divert yeah. some of the aero using rudimentary artifacts um or mm. you you have to drive in a different you have to drive by the temp gauge so oh, you put in a hot okay. you put in a really hot lap like literally a hot mm. lap and then you have mm. to do a cooler lap because otherwise you, <laughs> your engine's going to cook and you won't finish so he goes from being yeah, like he goes from I being on you. pole to being you know back, back of the grid then comes back up up and so that the, the goodwood cardboard over the rad race i think is a good one yeah the other yeah. one is, and we did touch on it, I think, when we were drinking too much coffee with a hangover, was you buy, a, you have to compete in a totally standard, non-sporty classic car. The only thing that you're allowed to go to town on, and there's a £30,000 limit, is suspension. Mm. So, you, oh. so you could have, we said, like a base model Triumph Dolomite um, 1.5 automatic so a, mm. a dreadfully mm. slow and probably wobbly car. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not allowed mm. to do... You, and you've got... If you want, you can get a hot touring car driver to, to drive with you for this. But okay. the only thing you're allowed to do is to, like, tap Olin's or someone on the shoulder and go, right, this needs to have the best suspension in the world. Because I need to pretty much drive this at VMAX everywhere. Uh, I, I can't afford to brake heavily because it won't. It doesn't go very fast. So once I'm up to the speed, I need to stay there. Let's see what we can do. I think it would be a great race. Could be a good a good leveller. Sweet, <laughs> yeah, sweet race. I, I mean, I'd certainly enjoy rocking up in my dolomite automatic with fully rose jointed suspension <laughs> for some reason or other <laughs> but it's still it's still got velour seats oh it's got um, it's got yeah. ro- everything else is stock. i mean i want to know what the listeners think what would you go for what would you enter in your totally standard bar suspension um <laughs> event <laughs> totally standard brackets bar suspension <laughs> race challenge that's what right. are you calling this event? Oh, it would be the Rose Joint Cup, or it would be the okay, yeah. or the the Olin's Invitational. Um, other, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> the Coney Challenge. It would, yeah, um, I mean, other dampers are available, of course. Yes, yes, but, of course. Um, uh, good. Okay. Well, what about as an added twist? And I know it's because I've just been recently brazing tyres that uh, it's sponsored by one of those really odd tyre manufacturers you've never heard of whose tyres <laughs> are like 34 quid when good years are 120 <laughs> you know, it's like a sort of road kings challenge so you've gone to town on the rose jointing and the very expensive remote reservoir dampers but then you're forced to use these mysterious my, off-brand tyres that you think might be made in Madagascar but you're my, not sure my brother's got some of those on his golf I'm trying I'm, 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 I'm chuckling at them the other morning because he's just bought a set and he went what are you 
Are you taking the main chat them? And he, he said the word. It sounded like Goran Ivanisevic, but I know a tennis player is not the guy that makes tyres. <laughs> well, he, goes, he you, might be. He goes, you take... Because he has no expertise in that area. That's why they cost £24. But then maybe the, they are the Goran Ivanisevic's uh, 195-55-16. I mean, why is he... It's, I, I think this is the very definition of a false economy, because I guarantee they'll wear out in like 4,000 miles. And in that 4,000 miles... Every time it rains, you'll slide off the road and break your car. So, well, I don't. Yeah, or they're really hard. They do one hundred and sixty thousand ah. miles, but they have no stopping power, no turning power. No, there's no feel whatsoever because they're pretty much no. made of mahogany. Well, either way, that, that concludes this week's bad mouthing Johnny's brother, the new regular slot. <laughs> <on the Smithers. laughs> but it's okay because he doesn't listen. He because he makes a point of not listening. He aggressively doesn't listen yeah. to this podcast. So. Although his son, his son does. And he was the one. Oh, he very okay. much enjoyed having uh, red meat ghosting mentioned on one of the previous oh, casts. Cool. Uh, oh, okay. One thing I must also mention: I heard Nicholas Cage on 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 radio show being called up out of the blue by <laughs> on Radio One by the breakfast show DJ, uh, uh, my my friend Greg James. He hmm. he had a, he had a guest on who was who just finished a film with Nicolas Cage, a vampire film that I can't remember the name of. And they, mm. they play this game called Sit Down Stand Up, which you might have heard of, I don't know. But basically you have to phone a famous friend out of the blue and then you have mm. to guess whether they're standing up when they answer the phone or whether they're sitting down. It, it really is that, that technical. And um, this guy phoned Nicolas Cage, I think, so Greg James, a DJ, had to guess whether he was sat down or whatever, and the other guy did. And Nicholas Cage answered the phone in America at about it would have been about two in the morning in America, and they said, "Oh, hi, Nicholas. Um, we're just doing this uh, junk, junket promotional thing for the film. Can I ask if you sat down or stood up?" He went, "I'm lying down," and he went, "Oh, because I'm lying down. I'm lying basically. I'm, I'm lying down on the lounge floor." And he and he in that sort oh. of draw, he goes, "I'm just surfing the internet for Studebakers at the moment." I'm going to buy a studio. Oh. That's why he just sort of casually. So he was. Wow. He was actually. He was car. I bet he was on Car and Classic. What I bet. He, I bet the cage was hmm. surfing for Studebakers. How cool's that, right? Unusual cars yeah, as well. Surfing for Studebakers sounds like an album, possibly by Green Day. In fact. Oh gosh, um, yeah, it could be, couldn't it? Yeah. Something about there. Anyway, um, well, look, if you wanted to drop us a line about uh, what car you would enter in in Johnny's Rose. <laughs> Most jointed cup. Olin's invitation. by Ditch Finders Limited. Yeah. Then uh, it's hello at smithandsniff.com. Um, and we should probably then start to bring this gently into the shore. But before we go, uh, I have three things to tell you. Oh, gosh. Uh, one, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel. It's called The Irate at Straight Show, in which he becomes irrationally furious about narrow but navigable waterways between two large bodies of water. <laughs> Uh, this week he's in Gibraltar the gateway between the Med and the Atlantic shouting what the fuck you narrow bastard I can practically see the other side uh, if that's not to your taste because it's nonsense there's always the late break show lots of excellent videos about cars we love them uh, go and check out the uh, amazing Lancer Lancer Lancia Delta Integrale Resto Mod from the Netherlands or, or uh, by the time um, you listen to this there will be a lovely mm. car cave where I get the chance for the first time to drive a BMW Z8 Ooh. Which I've still never. I've I've driven one for the first time, and it was. And we we did a little drive out of it. And the guy's car collection is really fascinating. He's got a properly eclectic taste, which I got a lot of time for. Oh, interesting. And all that. Uh, 
second thing I've got to tell you is we have merch. Go to smithandsniff.com forward slash merch, and uh, we've got T-shirts, mugs, stickers. Um, we've had famous people the, ordering stickers and everything. I can't you, tell you what? who they are, but we've had famous people what? ordering our stickers. Have we? Yeah, we have. Not Nicholas Cage. Oh. But, um, no, you'll have to tell me this one off air. Uh, okay, so uh, the third thing uh, I have to tell you is that titanium was discovered in Cornwall. Was it? Yeah, it's discovered what, in... What, by, by Poldark? Yes, by Poldark. Um, and um, it was named after the Greek Titans, but it was uh, it was discovered in Cornwall in 1791. Bloody hell, I bet they couldn't cut it. Uh, 95% of all titanium is refined into titanium dioxide, which is a white pigment that's used in pretty much everything white. So paint, sunscreen, toothpaste... That's where a lot of titanium goes. We think it's just used to make, you know, SR71s and Apple Ultra watches, but no, it's uh, it's actually... Well, or, I don't know, um, the sort of exhausts for sports bikes which go past your house on a Sunday morning at (laughs) 10am. What's your most annoying exhaust? I'll take it. Um, Yeah, well, there we go. Anyway, that's that's probably that for this, but um, thank you ever so much for listening, and we'll do it all again next week. Until then, goodbye. As he says, thank you. Bye. You know just what to do. Like and subscribe and review. You know just what to do. Like and subscribe and review. You know just what to do. Like and subscribe and It's a podcast <laughs> two friends talk about cars. Try finding another one. That's what we should say. The UK's best automotive podcast. Don't believe me? Find another. Find another. Oh, you have? Yeah. Okay, that's the interview. Oh, shit, yeah. And also car. <laughs> <laughs> Bollocks. Oh, Mike Brewer's doing one as well. Oh, shite.